Welcome to Tax Wrap, the podcast of Tax and Super Australia. Each fortnight, we present news and insights to tax and SMSF practitioners. If you've got any questions, comments or even suggestions, get in touch at podcast at taxandsuperaustralia.com.au. Hello, my name is John Jeffries and I'm the Tax Council of Tax and Super Australia. It is my pleasure to introduce Karen Payne, who holds the offices of the Inspector General of Taxation and the Taxation Ombudsman. In my estimation, the role of the offices that Karen holds have become more important and more noticed in recent times. Yet there are many tax agents and taxpayers that are not familiar with the role that Karen's offices play in the administration and fairness of the Australian taxation system. Tax and Super Australia thought it might be timely to discuss Karen's joint roles so that you can hear from her firsthand the important work that she and her staff undertake. Karen, welcome to this discussion and thank you for taking time in your no doubt busy schedule to speak with us. Thanks, John. So, uh, Carol, we might start off by just asking if you can just give us a brief description of your career and how you finished up becoming the Inspector General of Taxation and the Taxation Ombudsman. Okay, great. So, firstly, I should um, say when I was growing up, I wasn't even thinking I'd become a tax lawyer or indeed a tax accountant. And, and so, no idea that I would one day be the taxation ombudsman. Um, I started my career as a cadet accountant working for Ernst & Winnie in 60 Margaret Street in Sydney many, many years ago. Uh, before the internet and before uh, home computers. Um, I worked full-time and studied part-time at uni for the first two years and then went back to uni full-time. So under the two plus two scheme, which some of your listeners will be familiar with. I started working in the small business division at Ernst & Winnie. So my training was preparing accounts, completing audits, preparing tax returns. I even, I recall, worked on an insolvency project so early on, I got lots of experience and insights into a really broad range of industries and professional firms, you know, from manufacturing, engineering to barristers and patent attorneys. And after my PY and a gap six months bumming around overseas, I returned to Australia and thought, I think I want to specialise in tax. And so I thought I should go back to law school and, and get a, a law degree. So I went back to UNSW. And the late Margaret Stone, I, I recall, was my lecturer in equity and sometimes advanced equity. But um, after law school, I took a position back with Ernst & Young then and later on with Minter Ellison. But throughout my time in practice, I've, I'd have to say I've always, since law school actually, I've always been really interested in tax policy. So in 2015, I was really delighted to be invited by um, the chair of the Board of Taxation, Michael Andrew AO, the late Michael Andrew AO, um, to be a member of the Board of Taxation. Now, Michael is Melbourne-based and he's a big Melbourne AFL supporter. He um, So I'm sure uh, he would have been barracking on the weekends for the, for the demons. He was partner in charge at KPMG internationally and in Australia. And I'm sure lots of your Melbourne listeners will have uh, come across him, but I certainly hadn't, being Sydney-based. 
But I have to say I really admired his work ethic and passion to improve the tax system. So when he asked me to become the CEO of the Board of Tax, you know, how could I say no? Um, and I have to say I didn't fully appreciate the importance of the role of Inspector General of Taxation and Taxation Ombudsman when I commenced in 2019. And I'd say I'm still learning and hopefully improving. But now I'm two years into the term, I feel I have a much better idea of what the agency can and should be doing to improve tax administration. Right. Well, that's that's very good, yes. I think I can just remember the days of Ernst and Winnie myself. <laughs> uh, so uh, maybe those who would now work for EY don't understand all that history. But, uh, look, it's good, I think, to have such a great background, and particularly in the, if you like, the nitty-gritty of the debits and the credits and so forth, because it does... Uh, I've always maintained that a good tax advisor is better for having had a knowledge of debits and credits. But uh, anyway, so that, that's great. That's great. Now, what did you want to be when you were a girl? Well, I, I, re I really had no idea. It was my dad who kind of persuaded me I should give accounting a go because he said, you know, you're good at maths. <laughs> maybe, you'd maybe you'd like to do accounting. Um, so I... I um, I kind of stumbled through my career and, and it's um, so, some parts were good planning, but lots of it was good luck, if I can say that. <laughs> good. Yes, I think there's a great myth in the community that uh, accountants are good at maths. It's uh, <laughs> uh, the calculator does the job these days. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that. So in brief, uh, what does the IGTO do, which is the abbreviation <laughs> of your uh, position, and how can tax agents and taxpayers benefit from the work of your offices? Well, so fundamentally, John, what we do is we investigate. And importantly, we investigate independently what have been the actions and decisions of either the ATO or the Tax Practitioners Board. So we investigate tax complaints that are made to us by taxpayers, individuals and companies and tax practitioners. And we also can investigate on our own motion. And essentially, um, when we're investigating, we're trying, uh, particularly on behalf of a taxpayer, we're trying to investigate the fairness of the tax administration outcomes, act actions, decisions and systems and laws. And when, particularly when we're doing the more systemic review investigations, which we're, we're looking for um, improvements to tax administration. So that's kind of a key objective of ours. Good, good. So uh, just some brief details. Um, how many people work in your department, your offices, and where are they? So there's 28 people. We're all located in Sydney. At the moment, we're all working from home because like most of Australia or most of the east coast of Australia, we're in lockdown. Nice. Um, and because our budget only allows us to have one single location, we, we've only historically ever had uh, been a, been a Sydney-based agency, but we have a national agenda, if you, if you like. Sure. And before 2015, so in 2015, we inherited the taxation ombudsman function. Before that, the office was just seven people when we were just the Inspector General of Taxation. Right, right. Okay, well, that's good to know. Hopefully, uh, we'll all get out of our home sometime soon. So, uh, two years into the job, 
<clears throat> what do you find most rewarding about what you're doing? So as the IGTR, I get a lot of opportunity to go out into the community, engage with people and stakeholders and organisations to understand what are their concerns um, and after listening and hearing what they're saying, to think about how can we how can we make improvements to the tax system? So I'm really very motivated by results. So it's absolutely interesting to me from that perspective. Mm. But I also have a real opportunity to improve the fairness in the tax system, which which is a real bonus. Yeah, good, good. And uh, do you think you're making inroads? I do. I think I've got a much clearer idea of what I'm meant to be doing now that I'm two years into the role, and and I do think I do think we can um, we can bring about uh, an improvement in the tax system and and fairness in individual tax outcomes. Right. Okay. So you've touched a little bit on what you do on a day to day, but maybe if you'd like to just flesh that out. I mean, personally, what does your average day look like, or is it, is there no such thing as an average day for you? What what do you personally engage in on a day to day basis? Yeah, so it's it's a it's a broad range of activity. Every day is different. I would say. I spend a lot of time engaging with stakeholders, so through one-on-one calls, through consultation. Um, I get out and speak at tax discussion groups. Uh, I do lots of presentations, or I try to. And then I also have three parliamentary committees to whom I'm accountable and who are also very important stakeholders in their own right. Right. Now, so we have a, I have a complaints team, as I said. Uh, that's largely managed by David Pengilly together with Jared Joseph and Helen Fong. But, you know, I contribute to the complaints function, you know, what my tax, legal and executive insights into the cases. I look at final letters, final reports. I act as a sounding board. I sit in on ATO discussions. And I also work closely with Dwee Dam, who looks after our review investigations. And here again, I act as a sounding board, contribute my insights and perspectives to the direction and the and I do obviously review any final reports that are released. Mm. Again, I, I sit in on ATO discussions and I help um, prepare and write and direct submissions, you know, to to parliamentary committees or um, or other other agencies. Well, it certainly sounds like a very full life, Karen. <laughs> it is. Uh, and I think that uh, perhaps one thing uh, that I've become aware of is how, um, if I can say personally, you can be involved in, in things. That is, you'll engage in the one-on-one discussions and I know that you do attend tax discussion groups and those sorts of things, make presentations and indeed... Um, make your personal presence uh, felt out in the community, uh, which is something that I wasn't quite so aware of so long ago. Yeah, and I, I think that's a really important part of um, part of the role because, I mean, fundamentally I feel I am here to represent the community, to bring about the kinds of tax administration improvements that the community feels is most important. So it's just if you have a if you have a look at all of our governance documents, it's it's very much directed to the um, to that community focus. Yes. Good, good. So 
Let me ask you a broader question then. Uh, what are your general perceptions of the Australian taxation system? What do you think the system does well? And where do you think there are the main areas for improvement? So I think the most important improvement that could be made is to deliver a more efficient resolution of disputes in, in what by any standard I think is a very complicated tax system. I remember when I was in practice, my US clients and the US lawyers that I would work with who understandably think the US tax system is way too complex, they were always very surprised at how complex our system was, particularly for our size. So I think, yes, we have a very complex tax system. Sometimes that's for lots of good reasons. But I think it's important that that complexity doesn't itself become a reason why the system is unfair. That is, you know, only if you've got deep pockets do you get a fair outcome. And I think that's really um, why I think that speaks to the importance of our role in the system and why, you know, the tax ombudsman and the inspector general are fundamentally important features of a fair, um, a fair and better functioning tax system. Yes, that's that's a valid comment. So um, particularly in my role in dealing with a lot of tax agents is that you often hear the story that people just gave up on the dispute because it just wasn't worth it. And uh, that uh, is a pity um, because um, uh, many people don't have uh, the right outcome from the tax system, the, the outcome they should have um, from the tax system, but it's just too hard to push the matter right through to the finish. Yeah, and I think it goes, I think it goes to the fundamental community confidence in the in the system and we we all know and the OECD writes lots of important papers on this that community confidence in the fairness of the system is kind of vitally important if you're trying to achieve voluntary compliance yes. so for all of those reasons uh, I think we're we're an important feature in the system good good yeah, uh, do you consider that your offices uh, operate with full independence so that it can comment without fear or favour on the issues that come before it? I do. I think that's exactly what my statute says I should be doing and we should be doing as an agency. And I personally operate, I can tell you, with full independence. And I think each of the previous two inspectors general, um, David Voss and Ali Naruzi, they also demonstrated that the answer to your question is yes. I think we each have, we've each got our own brought our own perspectives to the role, so we're perhaps bringing different perspectives to what it, that independence looks like. I would also kind of add that even though you are independent, it's also important to be very collaborative. Yes. Um, because you need well, you need as I mentioned earlier, you need to have good outreach to the community, you have need to have a good network of connections. So when you do speak or report on issues that you're helping with, that these are issues that matter to the community. Yes, yes. And I think uh, the independence of your office, which I've, of course I expected you to confirm fully, uh, is very important for the people that have been contacting you uh, that I'm aware of lately is that because they can rely on the fact that you will do um, an independent, objective investigation and say what needs to be said. Um, now, of course, there is 
only so far your powers go, but you can say what you what you think, and that that is, I think, is a good uh, a good aspect of the tax system. Um, so my perception, Karen, is that your offices are becoming increasingly important in the Australian tax landscape. And in my view, uh, I think this is because many people experience difficulty having their concerns heard by the ATO. Now, would you agree with that assessment? Um, if so, why so? And if not, why not? Yes, I think I do agree. I think the role of an independent reviewer and ombudsman is critical. And I also think integrating the role of the Inspector General and the tax ombudsman can provide really powerful insights about where the tax system is in need of attention and improvement. And this in particular is one of the areas that I've been focused on and am trying to develop during my term. I also think fairness is fundamentally important to all Australians. It doesn't always look the same to everyone, but having a truly independent review of your case, your facts, your circumstances, I think that looks like fairness to a lot of people. Mm. And I think um, the ATO won't always get it right, but even if we assume for a moment that they did, an independent review function like an ombudsman is still critical is still critical because it provides confidence and assurance to taxpayers. If they don't think the ATO are acting consistently in accordance with their own guidance, in accordance with the laws, an independent investigation of what happened and what should have happened and recommendations to that effect, even though I should add we can't compel anyone to do anything, Yes. Um, but we can make recommendations that are compelling recommendations because they're backed up by reasons. So I would say even if we review your case and we find no change, that in that is also independent assurance that you've been treated fairly. Yes. Yes, good. Thank you for that. Um, do you find, um, which is kind of connected to that, that question, that people are becoming... Uh, let's say, more frustrated with the tax office? Is that the perception that you have or is it uh, is that the trend or is it not like that? It would be hard for me to kind of answer that question based on our complaint statistics. I mean, we, we, we just get, we, we obviously only ever get to see people who are kind of almost at the end of their rope, if you like. Yeah. So, so, so necessarily, I think we're dealing with people who are frustrated, who are upset, who are angry, who are, you know, sometimes, um, you know, they're despairing, they're ready to give up. So, so it's, I guess it's hard for me to comment on the whole system because I do see, uh, I do only get to see a, a little kind of pointy end of it. Yes. Okay. All right. That's good. So, Karen, uh, many of the people, in fact, most of the people that will be listening to this podcast um, uh, will be tax agents, uh, which uh, is my particular interest. So do you have any views about how efficiently and effectively the tax office deals with tax agents? And have you had many complaints from tax agents about the tax office's overall service? So I do get, if you like, anecdotally feedback from tax tax agents about you know 
particular or various frustrations in dealing with the with the tax office. But if we were going to go and do an investigation on that, we would need to do that as an investigation, an, a known motion review investigation, if you like. Yes. Um, because when we investigate as the tax ombudsman, we're investigating a complaint that a taxpayer has about the tax office or a tax practitioner has about the um, TPB. Right. But so so it is something we we can do as a review investigation um, into you know are there systemic issues in there that people that that could could be improved and you may have noticed um, John in our latest newsletter I got news that we did invite practitioners and professional bodies like yourselves you know please share with us if you've got any views on areas of concern around the lodgement program in particular because we were hearing a bit of noise in that space so that um we can uh, and there was the tax and super australia survey that that you've um kindly shared with us so that we can understand you know how big is this concern and and how how big are the potential systemic issues so that we can reprioritize or put it on a priority list of things for us to look at. Yes. Yeah. So currently um, an examination of the um, treatment of tax agents isn't something that you've currently got on the agenda, if I can confirm that, but it's something that you've got your um, antenna up about it. Would that be a, right, a correct way of saying it? That's a much better way to say what I've said. Okay, <laughs> no, not uh, trying to uh, say your words in other ways, but it's um, okay. Okay. So um, just a bit, again about tax agents, do you consider that you're getting an increase in the number of complaints from tax agents or uh, do you have a view on that? Yeah, so I think this is a really curious um, area of our complaints data. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't say that, that the numbers are increasing. Um, the mix of complaints that we get, you know, as between people who are representing themselves versus those who are represented by others, that seems to be remaining fairly constant. But what is really curious is if you think about the tax system overall, you know, more than definitely more than 50% of taxpayers have a, you know, a tax agent or are, are, um, are, are represented. But that doesn't come through in our complaint numbers. Okay. So, so most of the complainants that we get are self-represented. Um, so only 6% of complaints that we've received have been lodged by tax practitioners on behalf of their clients. Right. Okay. Now, it, it's fair, it's fair to say that those complaints tend to be, you know, more complex than the average complaint that we get, and, and therefore they're going to be complaints where we commence an investigation. But 6% is pretty low when you think about the tax system overall and the number of people who are represented by tax agents in that system. Right. And then a further, I guess, a, a further 4% of complaints that we receive are by tax practitioners raising their own concerns about the tax office or the tax practitioners board. So again, seems to me underrepresented when you think about the system overall. Mm. Yes, that's uh, interesting statistics, yeah. Okay, um, so uh, recently your office released your corporate plan covering 2022 to 2025, and in that 
plan, you identified five strategic priorities. And I wonder if you could just briefly summarise those and what they mean uh, in practice. Thanks, John. Can I say, I'm so pleased that you're reading our corporate plan and I'd encourage everybody uh, to take a look. It's on our website. It's a very important document in terms of our overall accountability back to the community. So we've set out, we've got five strategic priorities, which we think are necessary to deliver on our vision and our purpose. And our purpose is clearly important in setting the, the priorities. Um, so the purpose really is we want to improve the administration of tax laws for the benefit of the community. We want to provide independent advice to the minister, the government and to, to parliament. And we want to provide assurance to the community through complaint review and other investigations that Australian taxation laws are operating and being administered effectively, consistently, as intended and in accordance with community expectations of fairness. So to achieve this purpose, we've really identified that we have five areas that we want to put as priority. Um, the first, and this is the first, the top priority for me, is to communicate clearly, effectively, independently and with integrity. The second is to ensure that our tax complaint investigation service is approachable contactable and responsive to the changing needs of the community. The third is to improve the skills, expertise and resilience of our people and organisation, and that's particularly important during this pandemic period. The fourth is to provide independent thought leadership and expertise. And the fifth is to make sure we engage with stakeholders in the tax administration system. Right. Good, good. Well, uh, I have to say that sounds like a, a meritorious list of things to do, Karen, and I, I do wish you well in achieving all of that, but uh, I think it is very pleasing that uh, we have such a body as yours uh, that is trying to do that uh, in this in this country, and uh, um, I certainly wish you very well with all of those objectives. Thank you. <laughs> Now, if we go to your vision statement, it says this, and I'll quote it, uh, to assure and ensure that there is fair, equitable and transparent administration of the tax system consistently with community expectations. Sorry, consistent with community expectations. So do you think that the Australian community considers the taxation system is currently fair, equitable and transparent? I'm not sure, John, because it's obviously it's a big question, you know, the Australian community considers. Um, but, you know, I'd really love for you to t take a poll on this and to find out what, what your membership thinks because um, I, th I think that would be a really interesting, a really interesting poll to, 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 to be um, available. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I think uh, uh, that might be good. We might do that in one of our regular surveys, actually, to ask that question. Um, I, I uh, tend to think that I know the answer that, that might come uh, from tax agents particularly, but at uh, any rate, uh, uh, it is good that, again, that we have a body such as yours that is trying to achieve that because... Uh, the question is, um, who is doing that? Um, I think many tax agents would think maybe the 
that's not the tax officer's role, although they might say so, that. Uh, but I think that uh, uh, dealing with tax agents, I have uh, many conversations where the question of whether things have been fair, equitable and transparent are uh, being discussed in a way that indicates that they aren't. But anyway, we shall see. Now, here's uh, your chance to wave the magic wand, Karen. And if you could have whatever you wanted for your uh, officers uh, to make your job easier, uh, to do it better, what would you want? Well, this is an easy question, John. Mm -hmm. um, my wish would be I want direct and unrestricted access to ATO records and systems. That would be my number one wish. Okay. And now we currently have these rights essentially um, in our statute if we choose to execute a Citibank-like raid on the tax office. Okay. But, but clearly um, we have an unfettered power to enter the ATO premises for the purposes of any investigation and get exactly what we want. But that would be ridiculous, right, if every time we, we didn't get the information that we requested or the exact information that we requested, we had to execute that kind of a raid. Yeah. So, so I think what would be really useful is if the statute made it clear at the moment um, we only get access to information, firstly, if the commissioner has given his approval for us to get access to the information, Right. And secondly, only for the purposes if we've commenced an investigation and we've told the tax office that we've commenced that investigation, including a review investigation. But, so a really uh, big improvement, I would think, is, and, and you might say, well, that's just a question of form, but it's an important question of legal form is that we have an unfettered right to get access to whatever information we request. Okay. Um, and that would be something I, I have, and indeed I have advocated for that when three months into my term as the Inspector General of Taxation, the Senate Economic Legislation Committee commenced an inquiry into the performance of the Inspector General of Taxation. And the first one of the first submissions I made to that committee was, please fix this. We would love for you to fix this. I see. So reading between the lines, Karen, uh, I can conclude then that the flow of information from the tax office isn't quite as um, free-flowing as what you would like. Well, not always can I put it that way. And, and I guess I guess the, the two reasons why it's important for me is one, I think it helps to um, I think it helps to change culture is probably the wrong word. It it sets up the right dynamic. Right. If you've got an unfettered right of access and somebody says, well, I'm, I don't think you're entitled to get that information or I don't want to give you that information or I'm not going to go looking for that information. If you've otherwise got an unfettered right to access the information, then I think that can change the dynamic when you ask for something that you, you should get it because if you're not getting what you want, you're just going, going to get it anyway. Yes. Okay. Um, so I don't want to suggest that the tax office is not, you know, giving us information, but it, but it's certainly um, an observation yes. that it's not always 
as free-flowing as perhaps we we would like. Yeah. Um, and so I think I think this this feature in the tax system is something that would uh, would improve our ability would imp- improve our ability to access information and and I think also improve the timeliness within which we could complete some investigations. So that that's why it's important for me. Yes. Good, good. Well, that's interesting. Um, I thought you might say, oh, I'd like to travel my staff, Uh, which uh, no doubt you'd like some more staff, but that was an interesting response um, uh, in relation uh, to that free flow of the information uh, from the tax office, and I certainly hope that that will be coming your way sometime soon. Um, Now, uh, you're the minister you... uh, report to is Michael Suka, and um, in general terms, um, how often would you speak to the minister? What's the sort of things you you talk about if you're allowed to say? Um, uh, if you could just give some indication uh, to us as just to how much contact you have with the the, the minister and uh, the sort of things that you would discuss. Sure. So, firstly, I think it's important to know I do report to Minister Suka. I actually report to four Treasury ministers. So, technically, you know, I report to the Treasurer, the Assistant Treasurer. I also report to Senator Jane Hume. She's the the Minister for Superannuation, Financial Services and the Digital Economy, as well as um, the Minister for Women's Economic Security. And I report to um, the Minister for Employment, Workforce, Skills, Small and Family Business, Minister Minister Robert. And then on top of that, I report to three parliamentary committees. Um, One is in the House of Reps and two are in the Senate. And it's uh, so I obviously do spend a lot of my time um, being accountable to, but also uh, engaging with, if you like, the 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 parliamentary and the and the political uh, the political um, parts of the system. And I would probably say I check in with all of the various ministers' offices and the parliamentary committees on an as needs basis. It's not it's not weekly. I wouldn't say it's monthly. It's definitely regularly, and how regularly depends on what's necessary. So, for example, if I was going to release a report, I would provide a copy of the report and and offer a briefing. If I was going to raise, so often you know some people want to raise issues with us, and we and we uh, raise those issues effectively on behalf of stakeholders with the relevant ministers on a kind of confidential basis. So it really is on a kind of as as needs basis, but it's it's regular, but not a, probably not as regular as what, say, the tax office and treasury are engaging with the ministers on. Okay, great. All right. Well, finally, Karen, uh, is there anything else you'd like to say, something else you'd like to contribute or comment about your office or the tax system or anything at all? Thanks, John. Um, I guess if I could just finish on a, on a bit of a plug and encourage all of your listeners, if they haven't already, if they could subscribe to our newsletter, I Got News, which you can do via our website, www.igt.gov.au. 
if you subscribe to the newsletter, you know, you can be, we, we publish regular kind of updates on what we're doing. Um, and I'd also suggest it might be a good idea if people are not familiar with what we do and how we can help spend a few moments just having a browse through our website. There's lots of interesting slide decks when we publish reports that make them, you know, a bit more accessible to people and other things that I think might be of interest to your readers. So um, please, please stay in touch. Good. Well, thank you very much, Karen, uh, for your time. And no doubt you have very busy, busy schedule. So uh, my thanks to Karen, uh, the uh, Inspector General of Taxation and the Taxation Ombudsman for spending some time with us today. Thanks, John. I really appreciate Tax and Super Australia taking time to, to, to hear, understand what, what we're doing and how we can help. Thank you. Thanks, Karen.